I'm Natasha Norman, and this is the Latitude Art Podcast. Our guest today is someone with an unwavering passion for art and an exceptional eye for talent. She's not only a dynamic professional and a qualified project manager, but also the visionary curator behind the exquisite art adorning the walls of Latitude Apart Hotel. Her name is Tina Lacordeur. Tina is known for her boundless energy and her impeccable ability to get things done. Recently, she embarked on a fascinating journey of sourcing South African art for interior projects and collectors alike through her agency, Source Artistry. Welcome, Tina, to the Latitude Art Podcast. A Latitude is interested in creating a, South Afri- a collection mm-hmm. of South African art. But you are dealing with a space that is shifting to the needs of its clientele. And like you said, there there was a penthouse apartment that was reconceptualized. So as a curator, that's a really interesting constraint, the fact that you you are envisioning a, a collection that that will possibly be rehung and reimagined as the mm. hotel grows and develops. Mm. It was, it, it was, and it actually made it easier to pick these pieces because there's less pressure. And it also enables you to think creatively about where you can hang these, spaces, these pieces in future and showing how versatile a collection can actually be. Moving them around, it's actually amazing to see how the light falls differently. And it's actually been a really good uh, learning curve for me, understanding what the light can do in a different space on, on a different artwork and how the surrounding elements also completely overshadows it or complements it. I also really like Eliska. She's from Eliska and Co, an interior design company. Her brief was, let's cover this ugly TV and working together and, and creating a box to cover this TV. And then Eliska also had this wonderful idea of creating a, a, a rug from an inter- from an artwork. So we commissioned a diptych with Paul Signal. And then her idea was wonderful. Why don't we take this, this artwork and, and commission it in a rug? And it was actually, the commission was done before the artwork was was complete or the rug was because the rug had to happen soon before the end of the year with closures and then to see it hanging below or sitting below uh, to a Michael Amory diptych as well and just seeing how they complement each other I, I think she did a wonderful job and it was really nice working in that partnership. So so that's a really interesting way of looking at housing a collection that it is something that is not static I think you know people sort of perhaps have a museum uh, thing in the back of their mind where you go in and the works are hung and, mm. and there's a kind of, you have the works on your wall and and it's hung and that's how it is. But it seems like your approach has been really responsive to to space and light and, mm. and the furnishings as well. Mm. As we know, the Latitude supports all local designers and crafts, men and women. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful that, that the art collection becomes you know, in the case of the Paul Signal rug, completely immersed mm-hmm. in, in the space itself. I think working as part of a bigger hotel, it was quite nice understanding what, what was in the rooms. And I think that was, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I often think of hotel rooms as spaces for commercially viable prints, whereas this hotel features original artwork throughout their hotel. I, I had a project where I had to check all the pieces and uh, check the condition they're in and, and just mark exactly where they are and create a registry for them. And I was so pleasantly surprised at what was there. It was also nice to see the golden thread stringing going from the rooms to the ninth floor and seeing how this entertainment space is, is, is translated throughout the rooms, who was, which was done four or five years ago by someone else. 
So tell us and a bit more about sure. who, who are the artists in this collection. Well, we'll talk about the ones you've sure. sourced sure. And, and and then maybe you could comment on the larger collection and what that perhaps that golden thread is that runs through it. Um, so the artists that are featured here, I'm running through the spaces in my head just to capture them. So Michael Emery, first of all, those two significant pink mountains, Andrew Sutherland, Amber Moya with the, the beautiful TV covering, um, Jade Payton's magnificent vases, Marika Prince-Lou-Lowe's, uh, Prince-Lou Rao's sculpture that's hanging over the, the pool, Tara Deacon's beautiful uh, beach umbrellas, among others. Uh, then we've got a diptych by Paul Signal, Michael Taylor's Spring Portal and Nature Boy, and Zarika seems everything. Then running through the other rooms, looking at Lorinda Belcher, Linda Pretorius, Emma Norse, uh, Sheikh Timbani's brothers with the wonderful Makosa references. Gabrielle Raff, we've got three of her works. Then we've got two Kirsten Sims works, Marilee Estresen's photography. Joe DeLange has one of his flowering plants prints. they so beautiful, featuring all the Fainboss references. Jessica Bosmith-Smith has a, The Bathers. And I think that's about it, yeah. It was also really nice to to share the stories of these artists with with the clients. We had these mo- Monday morning meetings where they discuss management. Um, they, they have management discussions on a Monday morning, and here we are discussing art. And I think it was it was a really nice conversation point to see how how it's part of their everyday life. I really have so much respect for that and the fact that they they're so passionate about art. <laughs> it was um, breaking down some stereotypes. There. Completely, completely. The other thing I really love about Latitude is how passionate they are about local. So their brief to me was, we want local scenes and local artists exclusively. So we actively sourced for local scenes. And when commissioning, we had a look at at scenes that looked local, both to Seapoint and the Western Cape and South Africa. So you were saying how um, in your Monday meetings, you know, the the, uh, administrative team got really drawn into the stories behind the artists. And I know that you visit the art studios of all the artists that you work with, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do you feel that knowing a little bit more about the biography or, or the the process or, or what drives an artist, how do you feel that influences the way we receive that work? I think I'm quite conscious of how overwhelming it is to see, say, 50 art pieces in a presentation on a PowerPoint. So I was I was cognizant of how much information you can relay. But as soon as there's a question then you're able to to translate it. And it's so valuable sitting in an artist's studio and understanding exactly what makes them tick and how this piece is designed and developed and and the craft that's gone into it. And it really helps you inform your purchasing decision, but also what you relate to the client and and their decision to to add it to their collection. So that groundwork of of being on the ground, visiting artists in their studios, attending exhibitions, that's that's a fundamentally important part of... Your role as a as a buyer curator. Yeah. It's also really fun, I have to say. It's probably my favorite part of it. And so often the artists, I, I've realized that none of them have a chair in their, <laughs> <laughs> in their studios. And it's something you take for granted. I thought I'd sit down, but you never do. And it's 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 become really nice. It's always a scramble to make tea or coffee because it's in a completely different space. And it feels like it should be this little entertainment haven, but it's a it's a space of work. I mean, as one of the artists you visited, I, I'm always in the same predicament, scrambling for a chair and wondering Completely. if I have a clean glass, you know. 
and and it's always nice to see the um, the palettes and the the tools and paintbrushes and uh, things are dirty and and it's it's real. And so often they, they, uh, the artists are quite embarrassed of it and thinking, oh, my face is so messy. But that's probably my favorite part of it. So it's like really seeing it in the mix. And then it ends up in such a clean, yeah. Um, yeah. pristine, yeah. Uh, well, often pristine finish. Yeah, it, it first goes past the framing studio, which is another story altogether. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and managing to get anything out of, out of there. But but yeah, it's it's a wonderful career, and it's 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 it was a real pleasure curating this range. So so the brief started as let's let's just find art for these spaces, and then when we realised this this construction wouldn't um, continue or wouldn't wouldn't happen as soon as we had hoped, then finding little pieces for the bathrooms and and um, cherry picking, and I'd often chat to my clients and say you wouldn't believe what just came what was made available have a look at this and it was shown on my phone type of thing and it, it was really nice to share I have an abundance of enthusiasm for for these beautiful artworks that I'm exposed to but to, to share this enthusiasm with someone who who um, also has bucket loads of enthusiasm for it so, that's lovely yeah yeah you mentioned hanging artworks in the bathroom I suppose in Cape Town you know we, we have the the big glass windows and the big view. So that that is definitely a kind of constraint when you when you're looking for a you know to create a collection. Like yeah. the spaces have to be quite considered as to where you're going to hang these works because yeah. you are sort of they're having to compete yeah. or speak possibly compete but also speak to an, sure. ex, an existing sure. view. The other constraint we had was because latitude enjoys so much so much sunlight. East facing on the one side and west facing on the other. They actually had an artwork there that melted. Oh my um, gosh! I know. <laughs> and 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 just to find something that's suitable in that space and really speaking to the artist and and identifying what is possible and should it be framed behind museum glass and which medium should it be and what size and should we? Yeah, it, it was it was it was really quite a nice stretch t- challenge. Also finding artwork suitable for bathrooms and framing it to prevent moisture being collected and then finding something suitable in terms of a medium, um, but also subject matter that, yeah, we, we were toying with the idea of including a, 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 an artwork of two people kissing and we thought, is this taboo? And we thought, no, it's quite a fun young brand. It's like, yes, people kiss. So <laughs> I think you, it looks, I mean, the brand, like you say, is young and, and enthusiastic and fun. And I, I think you can feel that when you, when you come into the space, there's, it's relaxed there's a kind of op- I want to say open-minded and mm-hmm. like the open-mindedness of the spaces and the colors and the and the choice of works, and I think that that then leads to it being more fun for you as the curator because you you're there to explore an expression of of a kind of newfound look, mm-hmm. newfound freedom in mm-hmm. in the kind of entertainment industry. In one of the first meetings we had, um, these management meetings, it was interesting that. Chris immediately shared their brand principles with me. And I, I really have so much respect for that. And they immediately sent it to me. And then I had to sense check everything in terms of their brand principles. And I think the outcome was beautiful. Um, Can you, what are some of those brand principles? Sense of place, intelligence, creativity, and realness. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting way of shifting. I suppose there's a South African tradition that, that perhaps during our isolation years... And, and given the kind of political history we've had, that there were these sort of ivory towers. And I, I think um, it's fantastic that a brand like this exists that is looking for world class, looking for 
top of the range, but it's to be a welcoming and inclusive space, mm -hmm. a space that is non-threatening to first-time visitors, mm -hmm. that is creative, intelligent, and mm -hmm. and welcoming. Mm -hmm. It's it's beautiful, and and non-threatening, as you said, and, and quite tongue-in-cheek. Yes, and without being cheesy. We were toying with the idea of creating a mural outside, and it was that was quite challenging. We're still searching, so it's it's also nice to know that they not necessarily rushing into this, but they, they're doing it quite carefully and considered. And, and they'd rather commit to something beautiful and right. And something local. Absolutely. Yeah. So world class, but local and beautiful. Well, that definitely, as someone who visited the, the space only recently, that's definitely come across. I mean, I can recognize some of the sure. aesthetic finishes sure. and as it was being quintessentially local, but but international in, in reach. Mm. Um, which I think is really, really important. Mm. Mm. Um, I was just thinking about the Michael Amory mm -hmm. um, and the way it's been placed in the the edge of the cafe section. Sure. And it brings a feeling of incredible calm because it is just so pleasing to have the way that it's been placed on the wall and the and the furniture around it, that it is both inviting to sit on and pleasing to look at the whole ensemble together. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's also interesting how pairing art with design can create these like mm -hmm. quite intimate spaces within a big space. Mm -hmm. That's quite fascinating too. That was actually quite interesting you, you mentioned that. That space was recently reconsidered. So oh. originally the rug was underneath Amber Moyer's um, beautiful monotype. And it was moved because it felt like the space wasn't inviting enough for co-workers. So we had co-workers underneath the Michael Emery um, Pink Mountains and we felt like the co-workers were sitting with their backs to this beautiful work. So now instead we have a sofa and created almost like a room space. And that was uh, a, a combination of Eliska's work with the clients and, and walking around with them and saying, how can we reimagine the space? And they, they're masters at it. The fact that this, this magnificent space with incredible views is, is transformed constantly. And using art and design and furniture in, in doing so. And it's it's really good to see how people respond to it and how they utilize the space differently. So often I'm presented with a question around, is art an investment? And I, I see art as ra rather uh, I'm an investment in the piece, it's an investment in yourself. And I, I keep thinking of, of art in, in, in a co-working space and how people are better able to do their jobs because they're surrounded by beauty. And so often I'd imagine that's why you'd come and choose a space. So I think Latitude has done a wonderful job by, by both selecting these pieces and, and hanging them for the public to enjoy. And as you said, remove that, that obstacle and making art accessible. You can come and have a coffee and see beautiful stuff and walk around and, and be surrounded by, by some of the Cape and, and South Africa's best art. So. And I think that does answer my question in terms of what can, you know, how do you, what do you see as the transformative power of art? Beautiful spaces produce beautiful mindsets, produce beautiful mm. ways of being in the world. Mm. And and a sense of well-being filters into everything that we do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in, in perhaps someone listening to this podcast would be interested in, in starting their own collection. And they might also be inspired to create a space within their home that is um, beautifully designed or beautifully furnished. Uh, with art as, as part, as a sort of conceptualized as part of the mm -hmm. um, 
creation of, of, a, of a beautiful space. Do you have any particular advice for anyone who wanted to start an art collection? Um, or what has been your, how have you found your way mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. through, through into this field? So I, I started collecting art at school already, and I think probably at markets. And it's amazing how uh, I think we, we're so spoiled for choice in South Africa with, with art being so accessible. We've got amazing stuff on our doorstep, I found. I'd probably start by, by investing in something that speaks to you and something that is beautifully and aesthetically pleasing to you. And then I'd probably go for variety. But it, it often feels so contrived and, and, and planned. And often it, it should just come instinctively and, and naturally in terms of what really appeals to you. I sat with a client just yesterday and it was incredible to see his sense of conviction of, yes, I love that. Gosh, I hate that. And it was art from the same artist. So to see how, with how much conviction people can, can respond to a piece. Um, and to trust that conviction. Completely. That there's, there's no right or wrong here. Yes. It is subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And you, I, I truly believe that you can find beauty at every single price point. You just need to search for it. Unfortunately, there is no rush. I'd probably take a little bit more time, and, and, but not overthink it and overconsider it, but it's also quite tricky, I find, when there are multiple decision makers involved. So if I think of a husband and wife yes. <laughs> or, or partners, how tricky it is to find something that is suitable and viable for both parties. And my, my response is that there's enough beautiful art to find something that both of you will love. Um, Absolutely, yes. and and just you just need to. It makes my job a little trickier and and harder to find something. I think I that's very it. good advice, yes, because it's something that you you live with. Sure, but it is also something that can change. I mm -hmm. think you know, depending on your price point and artwork. I mean, at any price point, an sure. artwork is something that you either like your favorite chair, yeah, yeah. keep forever and ever, sure. and hand on to your children, sure. or decide that actually your way of life has, shift, has shifted and you want something different. So mm. I think it's, you know, it's wonderful to bring art into the home in, in such an important way yeah. um, and that people should be living with works of art that are both beautiful and thought-provoking. Yeah, absolutely. So jumping back to your previous question, I'm wrestling with this question at the moment. I've got a few pieces I bought in India a few years ago that are probably my favorite pieces because it takes me back to this life I had 10, 15 years ago. And now because I'm specializing in South African art, I feel, should I get rid of this? But I can't. I'm just, I look at it and I smile. And that's what I'd like for my my clients and people that I, I sell art to, that it evokes so much emotion to them. I'm also thinking of people starting their own collections. And I think it's often the story, how you stumbled upon this thing. And that's probably why I really like studio visits. I'm often plowing through drawers and, and through piles of artworks and there's beauty in there. And often the artists have almost dismissed it and said nobody's wanted this and this is a 2018 piece, but it, it, it speaks to someone and it definitely um, Trans a, transcends time. Yeah, correct. Well, it's a, it's a lovely way of, of connecting the creation of art and mm -hmm. art as an object back into society. I think, you know, the romantic era kind of gave us this myth that of the starving artist, you know, mm. who makes all the, all, you know, poor old Van Gogh, you know, who makes all this work that nobody wants. Sure. And only after they've died does, does their genius get recognized. Sure. And I think, you know, the situation has largely changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is about artists and creators being in 
in conversation with someone who will buy and purchase and about people who purchase and collect being in conversation with an artist. And somehow in that exchange, whether it's the exchange of just gazing at a work in, in a space like Latitude mm-hmm. or the space of some, some uh, sort of more deeper exchange, that someone from, from a background with nothing to do with art meets someone in a creative space and, and some kind of fantastic conversation can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a lovely conversation about art and interiors and, and creating spaces that are welcoming and can ex- include and express a diversity in the simpleness of being mm. a space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we change the world one tiny little mm-hmm. shift at a time. One tiny artwork at a time. One tiny artwork at a time, <laughs> yes. So perhaps there, was there any question you were expecting me to ask you? <laughs> I'd love to know, which is your favorite artwork in this space? Ooh, <clears throat> it, I think it's got a lot to do with, with its placement. Sure. But the Michael Amory's. Which ones? The ones in the, just next to the cafe. Uh-huh, the, the pink mountains. The pink mountains. I, I love the way that art can take you from a space that you're in to a space that you're not in. Uh-huh. And it's almost like time travel. So I love that that you look out the window and you at the sea and, you, and you're looking out into, with a sort of shimmering blue behind the buildings in front and the mount. And then you turn around uh, with um, lion's head behind you, sure. but then you're also possibly in the Karoo or mm-hmm. or, or not mm-hmm. in Sea Point, mm-hmm. uh, but you're f- fundamentally in South Africa. Mm-hmm. You know the way that those mm-hmm. mountains are, and the placement with the I think the couch is leather or uh-huh. Uh-huh. Chesterfield. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so a Chesterfield. Yeah, Chesterfield look, should I say? Yeah, yeah. You you realize that you you cannot be anywhere else except in Cape Town, South Africa, and yet that artwork is so transporting sure, in its placement sure. and its execution. And the stillness too. There's there's a deep stillness when you're surrounded by water, by, mm-hmm. the, by the sea. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mirrored in an image of mountains and I quite like that a conversation. Perhaps it's because I'm a Cape Townian and I'm used to the mountains being near the sea. Uh, yes, that would be my, my top pick. They are wonderful. So Michael's a good friend of ours and, and uh, the brief, he received it so well. And sitting with him in his apartment and discussing it, he works from home. It was it was a really nice delivery, and I think seeing the the final product was was incredible. It, it blew our minds, and so much so that one of the owners has decided to buy one for their homes as well. So oh, fantastic! I know. Yes. So it's it's a, a really nice story, but I'm I'm so pleased you love those as much as I do. Yes, <laughs> I think my favorite is probably the Tara Deacon in the bathroom. The, the big dinner party scene. I've been here for a few parties upstairs and I think the space transforms itself so much from a serious co-working space into an event space. And I always feel like I'm at that dinner party when I'm here. It's it's a really happy... And that it's in the toilet is almost like <laughs> you leave the party to reflect upon the party in a very, very <laughs> private space, you know. It, again, that tongue-in-cheek and that Completely. that sort of playfulness is, is, is at the forefront, yeah. I'm so glad you like it. Mm. Well, thank you, Tina, for giving us your insight into curating work for a very specific interior space, which, as you've discussed, was fluid, (laughs) and for introducing us to how you consider going about creating a collection of South African art. Thank you, Natasha. It was so nice to speak to you, and I was so pleased I could select six of your works to hang here Ah. as well. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, thank you. (laughs) 